It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Common sense, conservative values delivered by a mom. It's what it is, in a nutshell. It's who we are. It is not rocket science. It is not brain surgery. It is just that elusive thing that so few people in the capital city seem to have. Common sense, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome home. We're so delighted you're here. We've got so much to talk about. And, and I can tell you, that the content on today's program, well, most usually you don't see everywhere else. I really, really doubt that the majority of what we talk about today is something that you're going to hear anywhere else. So it is a very unique perspective, and I'm delighted to share it with you. I'm so glad that you're part of this with us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing us. Thank you for everything. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. It was in the early 2000s, and it came on out of nowhere. We had at least one of our first children. I might have been pregnant with a second one. I don't recall. I remember waking up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and walking into the ground. It sounds so weird. I had done something to the crystals in my inner ear and they were all out of whack. And I didn't know it when I was lying down, but when I got up, I lost all equilibrium. Up was down, in was out. I was on the ground and spinning. Now, any of you with any experience with the spins after drinking too much, right? It is among the worst feelings in the world. I would sooner have another child without any kind of anesthesia before I would want to go through that again. It was terrible. Spinning and not balanced and I had it was just awful. And I had to go to this eye and ear institute and I had to see these people. I had to go through physical therapy where they hang you off the side of the table so that the crystals in your ear drift out. These are things that you cannot see. They are microscopic, right? That we wouldn't know about until they get all out of whack. You don't pay attention to it. Totally take it for granted that you can walk and do everything normally. That the horizon is actually the horizon. 
So I'm on the side. All the crystals are supposed to come out. And then the physical therapist is supposed to quickly whip me around to the other direction so they get back into the spot they were supposed to be in. Crazy, crazy. It worked, right? And now I know how to do it myself. And I know that if I'm in the garden, I can't be standing up and bending over. I have to be kind of on my knees or else everything in my inner ear gets wacky. I felt like that yesterday. But it wasn't because of anything I did. It was because, it was because of this is the exact production that is being displayed to the universe about these United States of America. It is everything upside down. It is driving you into the ground. It is forcing you to look around and be like, does everybody else see what's going on? This is not my country. This is not America. That's how I feel. Yesterday, we didn't just learn that there are those who can get away with anything and everything and those who can get away with, the out, with, with nothing without even doing anything and be punished. We watched a political gimmick, a, a stunt play out in the United States Capitol that exposed the incompetence, the weakness, the zero identity of our Congress. Hunter, Hunter Biden with television crews all around him, no doubt trying to capture a moment to use down the road in some production, some nonsense BS, made Congress look like fools. And he proved all of us that there's no such thing as white privilege, ladies and gentlemen, when you've got Biden privilege, when you have Democrat privilege, when you are allowed to get away with anything, you can walk into an official proceeding and you can make a mockery out of a country's government in about 15 minutes. I felt like I walked into the ground yesterday. That was the capstone experience. That was the proof that this is all a crazy theatrical debacle. I want you to hear Byron Donalds, the congressman from Florida who I have become very fond of for his easy truth-telling, calls the spade the spade. You have members of the House convening at this hearing to hold Hunter Biden in contempt. He shows up at the 11th hour, to, does one of these, a fungu to every sitting member of Congress. And Byron Donalds is the one dude who can put it into words. Go. Uh, look, let's be very clear. This isn't about Hunter Biden's white privilege. It's about Hunter Biden's Democrat privilege. Because Donald Trump Jr. showed up for five congressional subpoenas. There was never this circus where he was subpoenaed by House Democrats and he showed up on the Senate side or showed up at the White House to answer in some fake, phony, lame press conference, not actually going to the House and doing what he was compelled by a subpoena to do. Hunter Biden did that. And then he has the unmitigated gall to show up here when we know that he's, we're going through actually the, the legislation for contempt with, by the way, Mr. Chairman, we should actually get to the legislation of contempt. The speechifying is great, but let's do our business members. Um, he has the gall to come here, show up. And then when the Democrats are saying, hey, he wants to speak, he leaves. This is a joke. This is a farce. 
The man has been subpoenaed by Congress. It is all gimmicks. It's smoke and mirrors. It's the illusion of something. But it's not anything that's good. I mean, I want, I want you just to imagine in your mind that you're not an American citizen. You, you are not blessed with, with the inherent rights and privileges therein. You are somewhere else. And you are watching coverage from whatever channel, whatever paper, of the joke that has become the United States government. And what do you see? You see a, a man who's, who's allegedly the president, who has dementia, who does not know where he is, who loses his track, who needs assistance, who does, who does not do the job. You have his family, which is just a bunch of absolute tragic misfits. You've got Jill Biden with absolutely atrocious and tacky fashion sense, who is drunk with the idea that she's important. She, she demands to be called doctor. I'm married to a doctor. Jill and people who are actual healers who do things don't demand the moniker. They know who they are. You are an illusion the way the whole family is. You have Hunter, who we've all seen with the meth mouth, with the tats on the back, the porn photos, flying in women, indiscriminate and disgusting drug use, the pictures, the videos, and I haven't even started with all of the money. (laughs) That is what people in foreign countries see about our country. And then you've got these complete morons in Congress, who can't get a single damn thing done. Whether or not they're in the White House, whether or not they own the the upper or the lower chamber of Congress, doesn't matter. They are incompetent. But it's purposeful. It's beyond that. They all have a role to play. This is all predetermined. And like I felt that day when I got out of bed just to use the bathroom. And everything in my world was upside down. And I knew, how do you fix it? Where do you go? Look, it's so disappointing. I'm so tired of being disappointed. I'm so tired of people either being too dumb or too shallow or too dug into their own ideology to open up their minds to the possibility that they're wrong, that they've been conned. And that the people who are fighting to save this country are their last gasp. This is it. It is on us. And every single day I sit here, I'm reminded of that. And I take that so seriously. That is why today's show, we're going to dig into some things that I think are very different. And they are meaningful. And my goal is to leave you better. Then I found you. Thank you for being here. We'll be right back on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Yeah, I feel it too. All right, so 
So this whole migrant mess everywhere, it's a total crab show, right? And it's by design. We've, we've spoken of this numerous times, right? I'm not going to dwell on, on the feelings I have about what's going on at the border. We're going to focus on the effects, right? So yesterday, our attention was at this Brooklyn High School. What was it, James Madison? So the kids get the boot. We find out that it was in November that the parents, the skids were greased, that the public school district had sent out this thing to all the parents electronically saying, hey, someday next week we're going to teach all the kids about their iPads and remote learning just in case something should come around and we need to go to, you know, lockdown or whatever. Kind of really suspicious, right? And then all of a sudden there's a storm. The people at this Bennett Field, whatever the heck it's called, all of the migrants there, like 1,800 of them, everybody's worried. The tent is going to blow over. What's going to happen? Ah, All right, we'll bust them, and this is make, makes perfect sense. We'll go and we'll displace all of these students at their high school so these migrants can stay in their gym because that is totally reasonable. Get a bunch of people we know nothing about, right, who the government cares nothing about after they forced you to get jabbed, right? These people, whatever the hell, what, just come on in. We're going to put them with, you know, near children out of school because that's logical. And now, have you heard this? That high school has found out their uh, winter dance has been postponed. So, sorry, you know, we just got this weird like, logistical thing going on. And um, yeah, you guys are going to miss out on that experience. Look, having kids that were high school and college age during COVID, this is... Uh, is unacceptable, of course. So here's the story. How is it that kids are being punished because places like New York City and Eric Adams and all these lackeys and Kathy Hochul, oh, we're sanctuary. Oh, come one, come all. Oh, you want to chop off your private parts and stitch other things on? Come on, we'll take care of it, right? So this is what you get. The New York City High School that canceled in-person classes to make space for migrants is also now postponing its winter dance which was scheduled to take place Wednesday night in the school's gym-turned-migrant shelter. I'm not even going to go into the nuance of how that makes me feel because it could become a very colorful tapestry of profanity. I do want to play a little Eric Adams for you. Now, I'm always curious, whenever Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, is speaking, when there's a camera on him, why is it that it's all black people behind him all the time? Do you not have a, a group of people that are diverse, Mr. Adams, Mr. Mayor, that represent what's going on in your city? You know, we could get hung up on that because that's what they do to us, of course, on the left. We have to be all inclusive. You guys hear what happened with Hollywood? They've got this new... You know, everybody's got to sign this pledge that the, the, the top motion picture Academy Award has got to go to a movie that signed a pledge and has all sorts of different people represented every kind of stripe except Jewish. Right. This is where they force you to go. My friends, Eric Adams is saying, you know, don't blame me because I use this as a photo op. Don't blame me because I'm another Democrat who sucks. Just open up your heart and your home. Listen vision uh, to take the next step to this, to go to the faith-based uh, locales, and then move to uh, private residents. Uh, their residents 
are suffering right now because of economic challenges. They have spare rooms. Uh, they have <laughs> locales. And if we can find a way to get over the 30-day rule and other rules that government has in, in its place, we can take that $4.2 billion, $4.3 it may be now, that we potentially have to spend, and we can put it back in the pockets of everyday New Yorkers, everyday houses of worship, instead of putting it in the pockets of corporations. And some of those corporations... Oh my God. Wait, I just, let me just wait for a minute. My face is beginning to melt off. <laughs> just open up your spare bedroom. This is just like Massachusetts, right? They're like, hey, we want to be more woke than Oregon and Colorado and, and Wisconsin. So we're going to say, hey, local folk. You know, for the greater good, how about y'all open up your homes and let these randos stay with you? That makes so much sense. So Eric Adams thought, you know what, <laughs> that is a fantastic idea. What could possibly go wrong? Right? Considering the majority of the people who are coming across are young military aged men from God knows where, 150 different countries on planet Earth. You know, hopefully if you've got children. This is a great way to immerse your kids in another culture. I mean, who knows if they're a sexual deviant, drug dealer, mass murderer, MS-13 member. Who knows? Our government's too busy to find out. They were not too busy to browbeat you, of course, into getting multiple vaccines. Are you on your sixth booster now? Because you should be. That'd be eight shots. Eight shots. We're just counting. Open up your house. We're going to go to these faith-based institutions. Hey, newsflash. Every Catholic church out there, and I'm only going to say this because I'm a Catholic. I'm sure the Jews would feel the same way about their, you know, synagogues being used in this capacity, too. If you think it's within your purview to somehow be the liaison between this border crisis, right, and reality... Make no mistake, we will leave you in droves, droves. So I'm very sorry to the kids at James Madison High School who now realize that the people in their government don't care whatsoever about them, don't care about their safety, about their education, about their quality of life experience, Hi, high school equals prom. It equals homecoming. It equals social interaction. That is the slice, the ritual of growing up. But in this new America, sorry, we're going to do something different. You guys down with that? You know I'm not. Coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network, my friends, it is a failure in a profile, I should say, in failure. How is it that that Chicago's public schools have lost 77,000 devices, iPads, computers. What? Oh, it gets worse. Next. So where I live in, uh, in the land before time, the public schools... Some are better than others. There are teachers at these public schools who are very hard workers. There are some very talented people. I have to be careful not to paint with a broad stroke here. But if we were to look at the performance of your typical public school district and compare that school, the test results, the everything, the aptitude of the students, 
to students who go to a parochial school, a Jewish academy, a Catholic academy, charter school, or who are the best of the best, homeschooled, it is what it is, guys, best of the best, you would see a huge problem. Houston, what's going on with the public schools? This is not breaking news. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But for some reason in this country, it never freaking changes. Look, I advocate for people in my community who don't look like I look, who might not have my bank account, who might not have my opportunity to at least be able to choose where their kids get educated. It's a full stopper for Democrats. They need your kids in those seats so they get money and your kids can be indoctrinated. That said, one of the epicenters of suck in public school failure, right? We could go to Baltimore. We could go to Minneapolis. We could go to all of these places where we have chronicled the zero out of 2,000 students or zero out of 800 students who can read proficiently at grade level. <clears throat> these aren't kids who don't know how to do physics. I don't know physics. I don't know calculus. I never got that far, right? I'm talking about basic survival. You would see, of course... Chicago in the spotlight. And this is why I say that. How about this headline? This is my headline. Chicago loses a crap ton of computer and educational equipment. Huh. This is so, this is so weird. I'm not talking like an iPad and some iPhone chargers and, oh no, where's that smart board, right? How about 23 million dollars worth of lost stuff stuff what what's going on here it almost sounds like there's something criminal happening right well let's get this let's get this breaking report i mean it was a news report from yesterday and this is one of the local tv stations telling us very dryly very matter-of-factly that the chicago public schools is now 23 million dollars in the hole go Tens of thousands of laptops, iPads, and other electronics are missing from Chicago public schools. An inspector general's report found 77,000 devices were reported lost or stolen what? during the 2021-2022 school year. Total value, $23 million. What? The devices went missing after students took them home for remote learning during the pandemic. CPS spent $2.5 million on tracking software, but did not use it, saying it was flawed. <laughs> Our work uncovered an incident where there were a pair of siblings, a brother and a sister at a school who between them lost nine or 10 devices. And there's no record or indication that the school district or anyone reached out to the family, mentioned that this was an issue, tried to figure out what had happened. CPS says in a district of our size, some device loss is expected, but we remain <laughs> concerned about the loss of any public asset. What? The district is now working on improving device tracking, has recovered 12,000 laptops so far. What? This isn't like a, hey, Earl, Earl, get in here. Okay, look, Earl, we got some problems, all right? We're missing five iPads. I don't know where they, oh, I'm sorry. It's really 77,000. Can you get your best people on that? What are you talking about? And she's so matter of fact, she's like, well, we just found out that the world is going to end in about five minutes. Uh, Phil, back to you. That's how it was delivered. It's so like, well, they suck for so long. I mean, of course they lost everything. But wait, it gets worse. 
More than 77,000 electronic devices purchased by Chicago Public Schools, totaling some $23 million, were marked as lost or stolen in recent years, according to the district's watchdog. <laughs> why, why would you have a watchdog if the dog never bites, if the dog never attacks, if the dog never hunts down the perpetrator and solves the problem? Do we need Scooby and Shaggy? Honest to God. Where's the mystery machine? We don't care. Sounds like somebody's gotten really rich as Chicago's public students have gotten dumb. Those findings were among numerous cases highlighted in an annual report published Tuesday by Chicago Public School Inspector General. Wow, sounds really important. Will Fletcher, who examined uh, all of this stuff undertaken by his office, blah, 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 blah. During this period, we received over 2,000 complaints of misconduct, waste, fraud, financial mismanagement, and adult-on-student sexual misconduct. What? Don't you think you would lead with that? I'm going to go with anything monetary over a child being sexually molested. I'm going to go with door number two. What? I, 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 I'm going to read that again. During this period, the office of Inspector General received over 2,000 complaints of misconduct, waste, fraud, financial mismanagement, and wait for it. Oh, yeah, that, you know, the adult on student sexual misconduct. The alleged range from relatively minor violations of Chicago public schools policies to criminal acts. Um, our kids are not safe. The minute they're out of our house, they're not safe. Look, I have five sons. I don't want to be that mom who's like, Rah, you know, I, ha I don't track my kids' phones. I, I don't follow their whereabouts. You almost have to now at school. Here, step on into the transition closet, Johnny. On the other side, we will welcome you to the class as Jane. What? And we've got wackos in government who want to make laws that, that supersede parental control of their children and, and give it to these criminals? Those cases... This gets worse. Those cases included an assistant principal who was charged after allegedly stealing close to $275,000. Numerous employees accused of fraudulently obtaining paycheck protection program loans, eight cases of substantiated adult on student sexual assault, as well as the missing tech equipment. Is this me, or is this just very matter-of-fact ho-hum? Like the, the ho-hum nature that the majority of left-leaning media outlets, the, the lens through which they treat everything involving Jeffrey Epstein, trying to normalize a, a profound deviance, an, a, an act that is so fundamentally wrong and now we're just going to be like well you know 
Everybody does it. No, we don't. No, we don't. CPS, Chicago Public Schools, in response to the report, says it takes seriously, quote, our responsibility to protect the safety of our staff, students, and families. Apparently not. Apparently not. Because if it was criminal, adult on student sexual behavior, I'm going to go with ew. And it's buried in a report with a meh. So we lost $23 million worth of stuff. If my kids misplace a 20, I'm irate. Don't come back to me and ask for more money. You figure it out. Go through the freaking seat cushions. $23 million. $77,000. Seventy-seven. If I were to sit down right now and go through all of the students who would have been given devices during COVID in the Chicago public school system, what is that? One out of every two that had them stolen or lost? On the on the fundamental level of ew, everything that I just told you is thoroughly morally despicable. It is unacceptable. It is disgraceful. It's embarrassing what so many of these institutions have become. On that side alone, why is there never any progress? Why doesn't anybody make a difference? Where is the change? Where's the battle plan? Where are the parameters? What are the benchmarks? Why are these people being elected or selected to fail? To fail repeatedly? To fail predictably? And and to fail our most precious assets? future generations it it can't have be it been that long ago when we all kind of agreed whether we had children or not that as adults kind of banded together in this invisible force field this union of right to make sure that our kids were protected And that when my kids are out of my eyes, I'm paying attention to yours. And you're doing the same now. It's normal. None of this is normal. It's not normal that we have a child sex trafficking operation that's being run at our southern border. And it's being facilitated by our government. It's embarrassing. And it's wrong. Now, we're going to pivot in hour number two, which is coming up in, well, I've still got the bottom of this hour, but I want to tell you quickly about what's coming up in hour number two of this program, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have to get into this Fannie Willis lady again, okay? Because some January 6th stuff with her, and now Trump's not allowed to present closing ideas in his trial. We got to connect these dots for you. And if you're, if you're angry now, we're going to crank it up a little bit, but don't don't go away. 
because we'll also cool you off later, okay? All right, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Wendy Bell Radio Network, I got to tell you a little bit more about this ethics stuff and the hunter buyers of art, yes? <laughs> it's it just so, it's so filthy and it gets worse. I'll tell you how next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. You know, I'm sure it's nothing to see when the White House came out with the Biden crime family syndicate running its new money-making scheme because all of a sudden, Bohai Harvest and Rosemont Seneca and the other 19 LLC shell companies of suck were Hunter and James and Joe and Hallie and the grandkids, everybody, Ashley, was making a cut. On these bribes coming in from overseas, right? Once once Hunter Biden got in the spotlight there, I mean, seriously in the spotlight, they had to be like, well, we need to back off on that a little bit. So we're going to do something else. Uh, Hunter, you're going to go through rehab, allegedly. And uh, all of a sudden, you're going to find your, your voice. Uh, you're going to write a suck book. We're going to pretend that everybody wants it. And we're going to call it a New York Times bestseller. That conversation's coming up. Don't miss it. But we're also going to have you make this art. Because if we can get people to buy your art, right, and it's tens of thousands of dollars, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars, we can continue this lavish lifestyle that we've grown accustomed to because we've never actually worked for anything, Right. And then Jen Psaki came out and she's like, now, wait a minute. We have a there's a there's a brick wall. There's a, a strict line here because we want to pr- protect Hunter from any illusion, any creation, created idea that he might know who these people are. They, they're buying favor from his his dad, the president. Right. And we're all like, right. That's going on. And so yesterday we told you the story of the guy, George Burgess, who owns the gallery where Hunter Biden's artwork was reportedly sold. He was subpoenaed. Hey, come before the House Oversight. And he was like, all right, here I am. And there. so uh, tell us about this arrangement where you were supposed to keep private from Hunter and everybody else. This line, this wall, right? You were the guy who was keeping it all quiet. He was like, I'm sorry. Uh. What are you talking about? And House Oversight, well, wait a minute. That's what the White House has been saying all these years, right? That that you're keeping private from Hunter who these people are who are, it's anonymous. He doesn't know. And he's like, that's absolutely not true. (laughs) I know, that was my shocked sound. What? They lied? Get out of here. So it gets worse. The Biden administration ethics office, you know, there's a thing, right? There's an ethics office. There should be, if it actually does anything, which um, dubious at best. Dailycaller.com headline. Biden admin ethics office has no records related to the appointment of Hunter Biden art patron. Hunter Biden art patron. You know who we're talking about. This is Elizabeth Hershneftali, who apparently got bumped up to the to, to some oversight garbage project which comes with some title that she can pretend makes her important. She takes out her pen and she's like, I'll take that ink blot painting from Hunter Biden. How much was that? 42 grand? Ah, oh, got it. Here we go. And there you are. The House Ethics Committee has no record of any kind of such privacy clause 
keeping anonymous these buyers, nor does it have any record of this lady being appointed to this heritage, this oversight, whatever board that Joe Biden bounced her to. Let's get to the story. And they have all the affidavits here, which is why it's great to be one of our local subscribers, because I give you the rundown every single day and you can click on every single link and double check me to make the best decisions for you and your family. The Biden administration's ethics office does not appear to have approved the appointment of one of Hunter Biden's art patrons to the government commissions she's been serving on since 2022. Not even that is real. We have people, honest to God, who've gotten no official quote-unquote appointments, who now are just walking around waving magic wands of titles. People are gross. The Office of Government Ethics has no records related to Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali, the Democratic donor and Biden appointee who purchased Hunter Biden's art. The Office of Government Ethics told the Heritage Foundation's Oversight Project following a Freedom of Information Act request. The Heritage Oversight Project's request covered any emails mentioning Naftali from the email addresses of key legal personnel inside the Office of Government Ethics. Joe Biden appointed Naftali to the U.S. Commission for the Preservation of Americans' Heritage Abroad. (laughs) That sounds like it's really moving the needle. See, I can tell you what we're needing to preserve about our heritage abroad, that our country now sucks Because of Joe Biden. See, I just saved her that appointment. I know, that's how I work. Naftali purchased $42,000 worth of Hunter Biden's art shortly after President Biden's January 21 inauguration. So convenient, isn't it? The younger buyer's art dealer, George Burgess, told lawmakers, according to House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer, who released a statement earlier this week. According to Comer's statement, Burgess testified that he never communicated with the Biden administration, despite assurances from the White House that an agreement had been reached with Burgess to ensure that Hunter's art deals were handled ethically. All right, enough with that. Did they or did they not impeach Donald Trump, a sitting president of the United States, over their interpretation of a phone call between Trump and Zelensky, which sniveling quack of suck alexander vinman i heard a quid pro quo on that oh my gosh right came forward and everybody's like oh my gosh we impeached our congress impeached donald trump over a phone call and the biden crime family syndicate raked in what eight hundred thousand dollars selling his stupid artwork to people who are well connected to the biden family and nobody out there is like come on man really it's almost a joke except it's not and this is why it's an embarrassment thinking how other people see this country i know how i see it filthy all right don't go anywhere coming up we're going to talk about this fanny willis secretly colluding with the january 6th committee this is my surprised face (gasps) we've got it next on the wendy bell radio network